like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual, kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. This is Primal Piggy with another BDSM United podcast. Before we dive any deeper into how bondage works within a power exchange, uh, let's look at the two viewpoints on the role of bondage that exists within BDSM. I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word, or as an admin on Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. You can find that Facebook page at WCDT. BDSM. You can also find other resources, other pages, and things that we have going on at www.bdsmunited.com. Um, before we dive any deeper into um, how bondage works within a power exchange, we're going to look at these two viewpoints on the role of bondage that exists within BDSM. And um, uh, in this series, we're looking at the the four letters of the acronym, the B, the D, the S, and the M. Currently, the last uh, couple podcasts, we've been on the B for bondage. Uh, Jay Wiseman's Erotic Bondage Handbook echoes the popular viewpoint on bondage. And you'll find that in, you'll find the same viewpoint in most resources on the topic. Jay Wiseman says to uh, bondage is to confine, restrain, or restrict with bonds in a way intended to arouse sexual desire. We know that BDSM doesn't always have to do with sex, but it's always an erotic desire. Uh, even if it's not sexual, it's always kinky or sexual or, or you know, in those kinds of ways, especially... Uh, in this common viewpoint of bondage as kind of a part of S and M somewhat, and so it means bondage means to confine, restrain, or restrict with bonds in a way that is intended to arouse sexual desire. Uh, restraint can be a lot of fun, and it's the obvious use of bondage. You know, when you think of bondage, you, know, you think of people being tied up or restrained, or um, you know, duct tape. Saran wrap, all different kinds of zip ties, handcuffs. You think of all these different types of things that people use to restrain. And, you know, we'll cover this aspect in greater detail in a future podcast. Uh, the less popular viewpoint is also the one that links bondage with power exchange. A couple days ago, we asked why bondage? Why did bondage even um, get added? If it was just about a kink, why not fisting or water sports or, or you know, sweaty underwear or or, or some other kink? Um, why why would bondage be added to the acronym? Uh, and then we realized or we saw that uh, based on our history that uh, BD or bondage is included in the acronym because it is uh, linked together with discipline B and D. 
and it is part of power exchange relationships. It's the the structure, part of the structure and protocols of power exchange relationship relationships. And yesterday we saw that um, mental bondage that um, uh, dominance um, exert control over a submissive, and a submissive restrains themselves. Uh, and so this this uh, uh, this viewpoint that links bondage with power exchange, um, it's not that it's really less popular. It's just that people involved in power exchange utilize this viewpoint of bondage without even recognizing it. Uh, this second viewpoint is using bondage to make an intimate connection. Uh, we often see this uh, type of bondage that connects together a dominant sub in Japanese bondage. They, they symbolize this type of intimate connection using rope. Uh, within BDSM, while our play may include rope, we mostly see this bondage connection made through protocol. And like I said, some of these things are things that are going on behind the scenes, uh, behind the scenes of a power exchange, but people may not be using this terminology. But um, even when they don't use these words to define the things that they're doing, these are these are the the thing. These are the words that do define the things that they are doing. Um, one of the primary ways we see bondage within protocol is through a submissive's positions or movements. Uh, these will look different in each dynamic as well as in different levels of protocol. Um, we'll begin looking at the positions and the movements in our next podcast in this series. But for now, let's look at some of the levels of protocol. And so... Um, even though that uh, different people do protocol in different ways, uh, these are some common, you know, just some common levels of protocol. And so they just kind of, um, I'm using my, like I said, I'm using my words and my, my definitions. And like I said, some people may use different words, uh, but this is, uh, but for the things that they do, but the things that they do are defined by these words. Um, social or public protocol is used when going out in the general public. Um, old guard often use this type of protocol mainly to keep their dynamic and or their orientation secret. It was actually dangerous in the 50s and somewhat in the 60s to be a gay man. And it was, you know, even more dangerous to be a sexual deviant or a sexual pervert, as they would be called. Uh, today, though, um, even though we're not, even though discretion is sometimes important to us, today we use it for two reasons. First is to make the dominant and the submissive more comfort comfortable in navigating everyday tasks. Uh, oftentimes when we're talking about a relationship protocol, we're talking about having to do all the things and all the everyday things. We're not just talking about kink that is just in the bedroom only, but kink that is, uh, or a kinky relationship or relationship dynamic that encompasses all areas of our life. And so uh, second uh, is related to consent, um, not inflicting scenes or on non-seen people or not con not inflicting um, uh, the things that make that are power exchange 
on non-seen people. They may not understand. We may not want to explain. Their education ultimately really isn't our responsibility. Um, but what our responsibility is is to maintain consent because consent is important to BDSM. Uh, it is really a hallmark of BDSM. So social protocol isn't about living in shame. It's about holding ourselves to a high personal integrity where we're more concerned with someone else's consent than maybe they are. And, uh, and so we will engage in social or public protocols. Um, these are going to be kind of uh, low. Um, low protocol is the default protocol if no protocol has been established. And it's typically invoked when the relaxed command is given in a higher level of protocol. So um, social or public protocol, uh, maybe using someone's real name instead of their title, for example. But low protocol uh, is, is invoked when relaxed command is given um, in a higher level of protocol. Low protocol has fewer rules of behavior, but there's, there's still going to be some formality in speech and movement. And so it's the, the power exchange relationship is still going to look like, and it's going to be real evident that it's a power exchange relationship within low protocol. Whereas in social or public, public protocol, someone who doesn't know your relationship type uh, may not be able to distinguish that you're part of a power exchange relationship. Um, club protocol is a special set of protocols designed to deal with fetish-related events. Um, this could be like a club or a bar or a private party even. The rules focus on appearance. They focus on the interaction with other doms and subs, taking care of the social needs of the dominant, and some, um, some emphasis also on movements and how the submissive will move where, where they're allowed to be. Um, perhaps that means asking permission to use, use the restroom or the permission to go anywhere that's outside of the site of the dominant. <coughs> Rigid, high, or formal protocol puts the greatest emphasis on movement, on position, on address, and, and on obedience. Typically, every detail has a protocol associated with it in high protocol. High protocol is very demanding of both the dominant and the submissive, and it's used for really special occasions. Um, it may be used for something like training. It may be used for a, a party, like a tea or a social a high a protocol dinner. Uh, it may be used at a, um, at a convention. Uh, it may be like a BDSM convention or conference. Uh, it, it may be used within that relationship dynamic, even if it's not being used uh, by everyone around them. Protocol is less about play, and it's more about relationship. So um, even though protocol may sound like it's a fun thing to do in a bedroom scene or in a role play, it's less about the play, and it's really more about the relationship. Uh, in our next... Uh, or in future podcasts, when we get to the D for discipline, we're going to touch more deeply on protocol. Um, tomorrow we'll begin, or tomorrow's podcast, or our next one, we'll begin looking at the types of positions. Uh, each position has 
default hand, arm, leg, and head positions. And by moving a submissive into a position and issuing an additional command, a wide variety of alternate positions can be achieved. And so we'll look at the link between both mental bondage and physical bondage and how both of them have a role to play within a power exchange relationship. Uh, this was Primal Piggy. We're trying to keep these um, BDSM summer school episodes a lot shorter than our typical ones, but check the archives. There's some longer episodes there. There's one that deals exclusively with high protocol and with protocols. And um, uh, in our BDSM Slave Training 101, which is a really popular episode, I go through a lot of the protocols, a lot of the slave positions, I mean. And so, uh, you know, this is something that isn't new. If you've been listening to us, it's not something that's going to be completely or entirely new to you. But it, uh, for a lot of people, uh, this isn't the BDSM 101 that they get in when they buy a book. Or this isn't the thing that they learn when they go to a munch. Or when they go online on FetLife, they don't know what protocol is or how to heart or etiquette or how to act a lot of times. And so a lot of times you'll get just kind of a mixed bag of what, of how people are going to act on there. And so, um, this isn't, this is something that's definitely needed more in our community as a whole. Uh, but it's not something that everyone knows about. Uh, again, I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at the Primal Piggy, all one word, or on whips, chains, and duct tape at WCDTBDSM. And if you want to, you can apply to join our private Facebook group called BDSM Education Group. It's about uh, a little over 1,200 people uh, who, and we post daily, and that's where this series, this podcast series comes from. And we post a lot about power exchange. We put a lot of emphasis on traditional BDSM. And and uh, it's a very good learning environment because uh, your privacy is respected there. And so it doesn't show up in your family's newsfeed or anything. Um, and so, you know, that's the that's what private groups on Facebook allow you to be more open and learn a lot better and interact and ask questions without having to worry about somebody uh, that, you know, that you don't want to see that you're learning about BDSM, finding out that you're learning BDSM. And so anyways, thank you for listening and have a good evening or day, depending on where you're at.